Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're here, uh, three guys in a dram. Uh, this is a new podcast uh, for those of you who are just joining us. Uh, this is our initial uh, podcast, right. right? This is the first time trying it. Uh, all three of us have never done this before, and it's going to be awesome because that is the way we roll. Fake it till you make it, our motto. Uh, so we're going to fake it like crazy today and see what happens. And uh, as you all know, uh, you're tuning into a podcast where we start by reviewing a new bottle of something. Could be scotch, could be bourbon, could be Irish, could be whatever we want, because this is our podcast and we can do what we want. Uh, So today uh, I would like to introduce to you Shane and Craig and I am Jay, and uh, we're going to be talking about this fine bottle. Shane, what do we have on tap today? Well, we have a William Grant and Sons Airstone. Uh, William Grant also ends up producing uh, Belvini and Glenfiddich. Uh, we have the Airstone Sea Cask 10-year. Um, so a little trick when I learned when I was in Scotland mm. was to open up off the top of the uh, cork, put it in your hands, rub your hands together. And then smell it in, and that's where you'll end up getting the nose. So you'll end up figuring out, like, what the smell is or what's drawing it in for flavor. That's flavors. very interesting. So it almost, like, primes your palate. Yeah, so you kind of know what's coming, which a lot of people do that when they're worried about something being a little bit too smoky. Mm-hmm. Well, this is good because I am a scotch virgin. I don't know much about any scotch. I'm more of a whiskey guy, so this will be good. And I'm Craig, by the way. What we're, what we're looking for here is... Uh, First impressions of the whiskey without necessarily getting led on by the box. Now, one of the things that annoys me sometimes about uh, high-end, even high-end scotch, uh, is that on the box it'll say contains notes of tangerine and sunflower and blah blah blah, and they tell you exactly what they want you to taste. And I would like to, for once, taste a scotch without knowing any of that and coming up with the nose and the tastes and the side notes on my own. They're almost uh, telling you what you want to They're pre- They're pre-progra- pre-programming yeah. what you're supposed to taste. And, you know, that'd be like, you know, here's a peanut butter sandwich and you're going to get, you know, notes of honey and salt and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, just give me the goddamn sandwich and let me judge it on myself, <laughs> you know? Oh, so yeah. anyway, so Shane, uh, I'm on the uh, the website over here for, for CCASC. Uh, it's a 10-year single malt, like you said, uh, carefully matured for over 10 years in warehouses. Ooh, warehouses. That's a uh, classic. Uh, that's the way they always did it, right? Since the since the early days in warehouses. Uh, perched on the intense environs of the Ayrshire coast. Wow. See, this is where my... Environs? Uh, what is that? Fancy for environment? I guess. Um, of Scotland. Sea cask is so called because some of our warehouses are situated right by the sea. This impacts the maturation <laughs> okay. process and delivers a smooth whiskey with a hint of sea salt. Okay, I'll tell you, I don't get sea salt at all, but it is smooth. I mean, so one little trick that I learned that does help, mm-hmm. and a lot of it's just, I mean, there's so many different educational videos about how everybody drinks scotch differently. 
if you drink it, you enjoy it. That's really all that matters. But that's, that's exactly right. That's the way I treat it. Have the first taste. Let it sit on your tongue. And everybody says hold it in for a second for each age, uh, for year of age. So hold it in. Put it on your tongue. Hold it in for 10 seconds. When you say hold it in, what do you mean? Just let it sit right so on So you don't swallow it. Yep. Just let it sit right on your tongue. Marinate. Mm-hmm. A lot of people end up trying to swish it around. But then you'll... It, it's it's funny to say, but you'll feel it start popping in your tongue, different flavors, while you're holding it. Some of us do it with ice, without ice, but without ice, the scotch will warm up in your hand a little bit. As soon as that warms up in your hand, the scotch starts getting a little bit more heat to it. The flavor profile does change, mm-hmm. the same way it would if you're putting drops of water in. Well, cold masks flavor. So yep. for those of us who put ice... I mean, I've heard, now I've never been to Scotland myself, but I've heard that in Scotland and in Ireland, uh, the true aficionados of of the drink will actually put just a little bit of water. Yeah, and it all um, depends on, like, different types of, like, cask grades and stuff like that. I mean, some of them you, you really need a little bit of water to open it up. Mm-hmm. And it really does open up different flavor profiles. Hmm. And you can really taste the difference. I mean, even just to hold it in your hand, take a sip. Wait 30, 40 seconds, you know, enjoy the flavors going down. But then as soon as you take that next next sip, it tastes totally different. So we talk at room temperature water or? Yeah, just just, just room temperature at, water, not okay. cold water. Yeah, because I'm not an ice cube guy. I don't like having ice cubes and the water down, but I could do room temperature water. Mm-hmm. That would be good. Well, they do even have some different brands of uh, whiskeys that where they're pulling the water from. They'll have a little bottle of water that comes from the glen. Right. That comes with it. with a So it matches. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's interesting. And I got to say right away that anybody who hears this, this is my chair. I apologize. It sounds like I'm on a wooden <laughs> ship in the middle of the ocean. We got to get you in so, your chair, buddy. Uh, <laughs> we yes. just kind of threw things together for we're, today. We're bringing, we're bringing the sea cast back to America. <laughs> <laughs> so, Okay. Now, as a sort of a newbie myself, at what year do you say, oh my gosh, this scotch is so much better? Because you can have just the regular scotch and then you see five year, 10 year, 18 year, 30 year. When do you go, oh my gosh, that is so much better? Or is it just your own personal taste? For me, I mean, I've I've tasted up to... Well, tasted because I could afford it. Sure. For a small shot. You know, it was a 26 year. And and you could definitely taste the difference. And you're like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So I could have had an 18 year, a 10 year. Sure. But it was, I mean, it just has a different flavor profile. I mean, sure. I mean to me, it doesn't taste any different or any better. It's just a different flavor. Okay. Um. Some of them, I mean, I mean, I would assume some of them, as they get older, maybe they don't taste quite as good. I mean, th- there's that possibility. So you're saying there's a point where you could go off the cliff. I mean, there there could be. I mean, but it's all what you haven't found like. it yet, though. <laughs> Age doesn't necessarily mean quality. I think. I mean, you, and it all depends on the environmental conditions and how it's stored, and. 
That's a good point because that's what they make you seem like, oh, 30 year is the shit. And that costs this price point. And a lot of people can't attain it. And then other people go, okay, well, I'm just going to drink this price point. Right. That's my question. Is there a point where maybe somewhere in the middle is like, oh, my God, that is so good. Or as Shane said, maybe this goes too far because the storage was bad, like Jay said. But it's hard to tell. And and really, I, I think more of it is people who enjoy scotch, people who seek out new scotches and look for new flavor profiles and things like that. To tell somebody like that, I have this special, really special bottle of scotch. It's really special. Like, so why is it special? Well, because it's been sitting around for 25 years. Nobody's touched it. And it's like, I, I almost wonder if that if it's just the treat of having something that's mature. Like, more mature than, you know what I mean? Like, it might you might be able to be blindfolded and taste a 10-year versus a 20-year, and you might not be able to tell the difference. Right. Because... Frankly, whenever you drink pure alcohol like this or 40 whatever it is, 40 percent, a certain amount of damage happens to your taste buds. Okay, they get burned. And that is why the flavor profile changes from your first sip to your second sip, because the first sip is like, boom, you're getting like fried a little bit. And then the second is your body has adapted to it, your tongue has adapted to it, your taste buds have adapted to it, and now they're ready to actually tell you how it tastes. I have never considered after that. After the shock. I have never thought of that in the, <clears throat> you're ruining your te- taste buds and they have to readapt. Just a little that bit. That is a, wow, that's like learn something today, like, ding! <laughs> well, I, and this comes from years and years and years of experience. <laughs> Right. Because, you know, I remember the first time now. Now, Craig and I have known each other for quite some time. um, And I remember a long, long, long time ago, uh, I was living in a studio apartment uh, somewhere in New Hampshire. And it was a literal one room apartment. Yeah, it was tiny with with a kitchen and a bathroom. And the, the bed and the couch were almost right next to each other. And uh, one of my coworkers for Secret Santa had given me a very large bottle of, um, oh boy. Was it whiskey? Yeah, but it was like, it was a, God, like number, Jan- number, Jan- number 10. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Jack Daniels. Jack Daniels. Thank you. Good <laughs> God. That was a brain fart, folks, right there. Thank you very much. Uh, so, yes, Jack Daniels, it, you know, they're regular old. Black Label Jack Daniels Whiskey. Number nine. Number seven, isn't it? Number seven, nine. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it's one of those fucking numbers. It's it's Jack Daniels. The last time I drank Jack Daniels was with uh, a certain guy named Jim who liked to make Manhattan, so he used to drown the Jack Daniels with vermouth and uh, cherry juice. So, you Although know, it wasn't, I, really, wasn't really going after the taste and the numbers on the label. You no, know? but I will say that it, a Manhattan where you add cherry juice... Does give it a certain something that makes it oh more palatable. Fantastic, yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. I mean, that you sweetness know, is uh, wonderful. After two, you might as well just throw up in your mouth. But you know, <laughs> so you we'll got, talk about that later. So, so anyway, so, so you got a higher end Jack Daniels. So yes. so well, no, this is just regular Jack Daniels. 
Oh, okay. But it was a large bottle. And I remember you came over one time. Yep. And we were going to go out. It was like, oh, you know, we'll do a little pregame, you know, to, to uh, borrow a term from my buddy Shane there. I'll do a little pregame before we go out. I said, hey, you know, this guy at work gave me this this huge friggin' bottle of booze. And we both did a shot and we both instantly just our faces shriveled up like <laughs> like contorted. It was like involuntary, just like, like, you know, we just sucked on a 10 lemons. And but then we did another shot and it tasted OK. And I'm like, yeah, we just we just fried half of our mouth. And now that's why the second one tastes good. Or, or not as bad, I should say. Now you know you're some, adjusting. Yeah, you're adjusting. You're, you're. That's the way your body works. It figures out how to cope. Like when you smell a, a strong, strong smell. If, if it's a bad smell or whatever, like a skunk or something. Yeah. If you smell that long enough, your nose actually gets damaged temporarily, so that you can deal with the smell. You go nose blind. That's right. It's nose blind. That's exactly what it is. Well, we'll have to try that with some Clan McGregor. All right. We can do that. Why is that your least favorite? <laughs> that is definitely my least favorite. Now, Clan McGregor uh, guess, is Scotch. I guess they're not it's, ever going to be a sponsor <laughs> of our podcast. <laughs> it's, it, it's a blend. Yeah, yeah. Um, that comes in a really nice plastic bottle. Oh boy, that's a kiss of death when you're in that's, a plastic that's, bottle. That's not good. Yeah. That's not good. They make. It's lo- not good for the environment either. Frankly, I'm I'm offended by that. They make uh they make some plastic bottle booze here in southern New Hampshire. I think the name is Jenkins. Oh, Jenkins. Yes. Yeah, that's bottom shelf, bottom yes. tier. I think I think in college we bought some Jenkins. Uh, what was it? Uh, mint schnapps or peppermint schnapps or something? Oh my god! Talk about heartburn. That's bad. Oh, that is some that's nasty bad stuff. stuff. I mean, I think some hillbillies went blind. I think I went drinking blind. That. Oh my gosh, that's bad stuff. I went blind from something. It, it might have been drinking. I don't know. Be but. warned, children. <laughs> Be warned, kids. Anybody? No, no, Jenkins, stay away. Of all the things to go blind from, that's one thing you don't you don't want to you don't want to do. <laughs> oh goodness! But you know, then then you go up a tier where you're talking gentleman Jack. Where they have the single barrel or whatever that um, gentleman Jack is is quite a stride uh, for a huge company that pumps booze out like Jack Daniels. I mean, you know, I'm not slamming them at all. I mean, they're, no, they're they no. definitely have good quality control and and they they have a good fan base and uh, it's definitely great. You know, like I was saying, that what is it number nine? Is that the one? Yeah, I think it's number nine. All right, yeah. So you know, number nine. You know, a lot of people drink it with uh, with Coke. You know, and, and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, it's good for that. I mean, it's not something I seek out to sip, you know, when we're going out or whatever. I will tell you, the first time that I ever uh, imbibed too much was with Jack and Coke at a uh, local college and <laughs> walking down the hallways, bouncing off the walls, trying to trying to get to the bathroom to just... Use the facilities as me and my buddy were just dying laughing. It was a great. It was great actually. <laughs> yeah, well, it probably wasn't great the next day. I, no, no, not at all. But uh, I don't recommend that to anybody who's listening. But people no, do no. over over enjoy. Well, you know, sometimes if you feel like you want to do that, there's nothing wrong with it. Everything in moderation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it. You know, the way that we do things around here is we we enjoy. 
uh, whiskey occasionally. Responsibly. And, and responsibly, of course. Uh, and at the same time, uh, we don't want to uh, overindulge. But right. What are you doing over there, <laughs> Shane? Oh, just uh, open up another scotch. Well, uh, truth be told, is uh, the Airstone, uh, we, we, we had a little bit of a primer uh, before we started recording, and, and it is good. It's definitely smooth. Um, something that, uh, you know, as I said, I got it on sale, and if it is on sale again, I'd definitely pick it up again. I would like to try the other one. What's the other one? The one this one's Sea Cask, and the other one's what? Uh, the, the other one that they have is uh, Land Cask. Now, maybe we'll do that one next time. And uh, compare them because uh, this whole thing about uh, maturing next to the ocean and having salt infused in the flavor—I'm not—I'm not buying it. But I don't know. Maybe side by side. Uh, no, would, we should uh, definitely save some for next time. So maybe that would prove me test. wrong. I'll just get another one because <laughs> that one's almost gone. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so Shane is um, <laughs> moving on to Spayburn. Spayburn? Yeah, it's Spayburn. Ah, Speyburn's a good one. It's good. It's very affordable too. I have to say. So I'll give that a, I'll give that a shot, so to speak. I am. Uh, I've always, never really liked Scotch myself because it was always that peaty Highland that I've always tried, and that does, it's it's Highland, right? That's peaty. No, Highland is. The, I think Highland is the smoothest one. Oh. The, the Islay is the one that's peaty, right? Well, honest, I mean, honestly, probably like the... Anything... Like, Islay is peaty. Islay. Um, but I mean, there, different. there's a lot of them. <laughs> there's a lot of them even like inland everywhere. Um, Excuse me. The, the smokiness is becoming a lot more popular. Um, I mean, my favorite's Talisker and pretty much everything um, that, that they do. Is, it's got some smoke to it. But you say smoke... What I taste is I actually taste earth. Like I, when when you say peat, what they're doing is they're burning the peat, right? Yeah. Uh, to to give the flavor characteristics. Yeah. But I actually taste grassy earth. It's not smoke. You know what I mean? Like that that peat really does in like totally get into the flavor, and you either like it or you don't. You know, I think, I mean, I, I don't refuse it, but I don't go out of my way to, it's like, oh yeah, that's the one that I want, you know, when I'm in the store. Well, it was like Craig was saying about how everybody's like, oh, well, you know, this is the, the special bottle of this and this is a special bottle of that. Um, I mean, for me, when I went up to Scotland, um, we stopped in at my favorite distillery, which was Talisker. Um the following day, we ended up getting engaged outside of Talisker, which was... Oh, that's congratulations. awesome. Yes, congratulations. That was that, a that's great actually pretty damn cool. It was a great bonus. And some planning went into that, from what I hear, right? Yeah, it was a whole year mm. of planning. Um, had that's the ring, awesome. Had the ring made by a swordsmith that was like 45 minutes down the road. No mm-hmm. way. Yeah, he was in Torin. Oh, that's great. Um, but, I mean, when I was up there, we traveled around. I, I saw... There's, I mean, there's so many scotches that they have over there that we we can't get here. Either they're not marketing them to America or anything like that. Um, but it's it's trying different types of scotches, and a lot of it was while we were there in different restaurants. They have, which to them is just normal scotch, but to me 
it's super high end because everywhere around here, right. it's we get blended. Mm-hmm. You know, it's when when you can go to a place and get Glen Levitt, that's really good. Um, but a lot of it's you can only get a blend. Right. Which I don't like. I don't like Glen Levitt. I've tried all these ones that everyone always talks about. Now, if they say blended, is that trying to um, make it more Americanized so people like it? No. So with with blending, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I I am a single malt snob. But <laughs> that's okay. You but, like what you like. That's right. Doesn't but matter. There are some incredible people out there that make these blends. And it's they could be pulling off of so many various different bottles and casts to make this one blend. Um, I mean, I, I really think you know for a long time. I mean, Doers they really have hit that mark to where they have used various company scotches, and they have always pretty much kept that same flavor profile. Um, when I went to Doers, I mean, looking at um, the cast of everybody over the years since they've started um, producing their scotch, their white label, it was one name after another name after another name. Mm-hmm. And it's looking at so many of them. And it's it's kind of remarkable that, that they've kept that part of the market. They've, they've kept that blend going and that they have the, the people there who each year there's somebody new coming in to help and support. I mean, that they're keeping that same exact flavor profile by getting scotch from other distributors and distilleries. That must be crazy chemistry science, keeping track of all that, keeping track of the right ratios, the right ages, the right vessels. Like it's just, it's hurting my brain right now thinking about how many details go into keeping that flavor consistent and consistency is probably one of the biggest challenges with anybody. I mean, True. whether you, whether you're brewing beer or whether you're or doing a podcast or doing a podcast, you know, you want to be consistent. You yep. want to you want to deliver a product that your customers uh, know and love and are expecting. Uh, so it's really interesting to me to think about all the variables that go into that. So maybe. You know, hopefully one day we can get somebody in here that actually knows uh, the, you know, the behind the scenes stuff that goes into that. I know a couple people that might be willing to come up here and talk about it um, up here to New Hampshire. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. Uh, but it's very, it, the blending thing. A lot of people think that it's it's bad, but I don't. I, 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 I love personally, I love uh, blended Irish whiskey. Because it is very drinkable. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, you can drink it on ice. You can drink it plain. You can drink it room temperature. You can put a little water. It's all really smooth and nice. Um, you know, the scotch, they, you know, scotch has really good character. And like you said, like, it, it's like a journey when you go into starting to, to Shane, you, Shane, I'm sorry. People can't see you. Right. It's like what Shane said. Devastatingly you know. handsome. <laughs> Devastatingly handsome, Shane. Yeah, uh, they're way overplaying this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, this is why we keep the location a secret. It's because of you, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, what you were saying about the, all the pr- flavor profiles, it's almost like uh, a hobby. You know, you, you you start comparing and you start saying, well, let's try this one. Let's see how it compares to that one. You start trying to find a favorite and then you start trying to find 
the one that's better than your favorite. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's a it's a neat thing to do. Well, I mean, and that's what I ended up doing when we went up through Scotland. It was the the day after I proposed, and um, while well, we we ended up driving up to Edinburgh, which is the northern part of Isle of Skye. Um, we ended up sitting down at the restaurant called the Edinbane and everybody was congratulating me while I looked over at Marie and I said, well, um, you said, of course, but you still haven't said yes yet. <laughs> Did you say yes? <laughs> Were you a lawyer in a previous life? <laughs> so she, she looked back over at me and said, of course, and then stuttered and said, well, yes. And I says, okay. So we start looking through the menu and. There's a Talisker Scotch that I tried to get forever, and I ended up getting um, one that's called 57 North. And that's one of those things where that's kind of our Scotch, is that the, the 57 North. And, you know, that's just one that's special to me now. Um, it's not the age of it or anything like that, but it's, you know, it's a moment in time. It's, you know, and, and that's what makes that... You know that brand, you know that that cast that they made for that Fifty Seven North. I mean, that's what makes it special for me. Yeah, and that, that that's awesome that you have sentimental value with that. Oh, absolutely. It's also booze. So how how great is that? <laughs> you know, simply be of sentimental value to like a rabbit's foot and shit. You know, like at least yours is practical. It's a win you win. Know? That's right. <laughs> yeah. If it makes you feel any better, when I proposed to Erin, she said, "I'm not ready." And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) Well, we had gone hiking and I had the ring in in a backpack with wine and glasses and everything. So she was not expecting any. We were just going on a hike. And then I proposed on top of the mountain and she's like, I'm not ready. And I'm like, wait, what? Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) But I was like, wait, I wasn't ready for that answer either. Well, was she out of breath? No, she just didn't expect. <laughs> expect as we went hiking that that was the day that we were being get proposed to. So, I, I got to say that's one of the better stories I've ever heard about uh, proposing and finding a romantic spot. Well, I think going abroad and getting a sword maker to make your ring. Yeah, I got to say, that one's really hard to beat, you son of a that bitch. That is hard to beat. I mean, really, you're trying to show us up? I mean, I went down an alley to get my ring. <laughs> <laughs> well, well if, if, if you want, you, you can ask Maria about it, but it only took us, I think, 16 years to get engaged. Well, you know, sometimes uh, good things come. Oh, you, know? you got me beat. I did 10. <laughs> I did 10. How many were... We were... Uh, we weren't 10, but we were pretty far along there. You were far along with your girl, too. Well, let me say, we owned a house together before I proposed, so that tells you something. But, uh, yeah, you know, these things happen. So Life, I, life gets in the way, you know, like, you're oh, yeah. just, like, going in the forward direction, like, oh, you know, like, <laughs> like this, this, this seems like a good thing happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some point, we should probably tie the knot and uh, make it official. <laughs> Even the families go, oh, finally. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. There, there's definitely some un, un, uh, unspoken pressure there that oh kind of it, it starts yeah. to starts to shoot out, you know, here and there. You start catching it. It's like, ooh, you know. Well, well, now it's you know, there was 16 years or so, and everybody's like, oh, so you guys had a date, and it's like, 
16 years of getting engaged, like, you know, back off a little bit. Another 16 yeah. years, we'll get, we'll, we'll finally get that date. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it, what's the rush, really? Yeah, exactly. I waited for the right time, the right moment. I mean, yes. And you know what? Like, now that you're older and wiser and, well, well I'm not just older. I'm not calling you old. <laughs> but, uh,. <laughs> Maybe, you know, hopefully you've learned some things over, over the, the past few years, you know, as we all have. And, you know, you, the, the thing that your, the, your wedding represents, now you can make it however you want. You know, like it, it, the, the whole wedding thing, you know, with the bridezilla, like I, that's just crazy to me. You know, like the amount it's of money much. that's spent. It's too much. I mean, somebody once told me, you know, if you want to make money, like consistent money. You either go into weddings, anything that has to do with weddings, <laughs> or anything that has to do with dying. Those two things, or, you will make money. Or porta potties. Porta potties too. Yeah, that that's kind of like yeah. One those of the, are three things that people always. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's things that are just uh, like there's no market. Like the market isn't up or down or whatever with weddings. It's or, consistent. Yeah, it's consistent. Yeah, like steady. people. You know, I mean, uh, who knows what's going to happen with, uh, you know, the new generation. What, what's what's the newest generation? Does, does anyone know the name? Millennials. Millennials is that still right. the newest generation or is there a new one after There's that? There's probably another one after that. I'm, I'm not so, sure. So, like, millennials, they're kind of discarding, you know, all the general traditions of, of past. And maybe they're not getting married or maybe they're waiting or whatever. Uh, so, who knows what's going to happen to the wedding industry? I mean, like the wedding industry, you know, with, okay, all, with all the flowers Change and all is the, good. the big cake and, you know, all that crap that happens. You know, celebration's great, but it should be celebrated the way you want, not the way somebody else expects it. Well, to listen, be celebrated. You, Jay was at my wedding, and you know that we, we rented an inn, filled the whole thing up, and just had a party for three days. And that was awesome. We did. A ceremony that lasted 15 minutes. Yeah, I think your dance routine was longer. Right. So we yeah. had a special dance routine yeah, yeah. and then we just partied. It was awesome. And and to we took over that whole inn. The, the funny part about that is that <laughs> so we all got up there the day before and it was this beautiful inn. And, the, you know, a couple of innkeepers there to, you know, help us, you know, with whatever we needed. Yep. And, and you know, everything else was important. The, all the food, all the booze. Yes. You know, everything else was brought. And so the first night we were all there. Uh, so I made a decision that, you know, when we went up, I was going to not come empty handed. Uh, so I had a couple of really big um, growlers. And I made two growlers. Uh, one had sex on the beach in it. <laughs> That's right. And the other one had, what's the cranberry, like Cape Cod maybe? Cape Codders or something, yeah. Yeah, so they're both like fruity, fun juice drinks. They were gone in an hour. The <laughs> night before the wedding. <laughs> and Jay, right? Jay was uh, the unofficial bartender as well. <laughs> well, these things happen. But, you know, I, I didn't intend that to happen, but it just happened. But it was really fun because everybody just partied their asses off before the day of the wedding. Yes. So the day of the wedding, 
people were a little quiet, I think. Like, <laughs> like in the, especially in the morning. Like, everybody was just kind of like, oh, there geez, was a little uh, overhangs. Like, yeah. What the hell happened last night? You know, I got in the hot tub, and I don't remember anything that happened after that. Uh, but but yeah, it was it was fun. And then the the day of the wedding, I remember specifically me and your brother in law having to go to the liquor store again to get more fixings <laughs> for sex on the beach in Cape Cods because we were out, and that was like a big hit. And uh, and then we came back, and you know, of course, you know, the DJ showed up, and yes. you know, everybody was kind of getting ready, and that that was a a really 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 great way to do that because it was a destination wedding. Like, it was like, yes. don't make any plans. You're going to come hang out with us for the weekend. And you're our closest friends and, you're, and our family. Oh, yeah. and, and that's the way we want to do it. You and, know? We, and we invited people that meant a lot to us. Most of them were friends and very little family because a lot of my family is not from around here. And we don't have a close relationship. So why am I going to invite on... Aunt Pat and Uncle Fred and all these people that I never see. It just didn't make any sense. We're not going to have one of those, you know, as Jay said earlier, the Bridezilla where we invite 47 million people just because we want the presents and all this other stuff. That's not us. We just wanted to hang out with our friends and have a good time and celebrate this, you know, 10 minutes of I do, I do. Cool. Let's party. Let's have fun. That's right. We didn't have any scotch, though. Well, <laughs> I, I, honestly, I don't think we really appreciated it then. Um, I remember your your dad was there, and he was drinking vodka and water. Uh, his favorite. And uh, I thought that was interesting. Like, he, he says, he says, Jay, he says, give me a vodka and some water. I'm like, Charlie, you're going to make that yourself, because I don't know how much water to put in there. <laughs> I don't want to be the asshole that puts, you know... <laughs> Too much water or too little or whatever. That, so that would be a splash. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that that was fun. Speaking of vodka and water, he went through so many different iterations of that. Where there was olives in it, there were the cocktail onions in it. There was the twist of lemon, or it, then it just became the vodka and water. So I mean, is, isn't that basically a martini? Yeah, I think so. Right. I mean. It, I, is there for uh, this is a really stupid question, but is there vermouth in a vodka martini? I don't know. I'm not that well versed in. Oh, I have to look that up in bartender and cocktail. If only we had the technology to look things up here. Ah, oh, somebody <laughs> could invent something. Uh, like some kind of web that kind of interconnects everybody yeah. and all the information. If only that was possible. Shit. All right. Man. Well, maybe next time we'll have that. Uh. <laughs> but anyways, how do you guys like that Spayburn? The, spa oh. uh, the Spayburn is completely, completely different from the Airstone. Like, completely different uh, floral notes and fruit. Like, I I'm getting all kinds of sweet tastes uh, compared to the Airstone. Now, maybe it's all the seawater and the salt and the seascape. Uh, from the airstone being, you know, aged uh, near the ocean that, you know, maybe maybe that's like more of a fishy, <laughs> fishies, a fishy taste. <laughs> well, I'm not sure that's a selling point. No, I'm not. I'm not slamming them, but I'm really wondering, like, like what is the difference? Like, seriously, if you, if you move your warehouse from the ocean to inland, is there really going to be a taste difference? 
I'm I'm a skeptic at heart, so I apologize to Airstone, you know, uh, in advance if they are listening to this and they're like, "Hey, what the hell? This guy's shitting on us, and we don't even know who he is." So I I mean I definitely <clears throat> like I've I've tasted different tastes of having different you know whiskeys that are definitely like around like the coastal areas. Um, it's supposed to be. I mean, it's still a Spayburn style. Um, so, you know, it's still in the William Grant family of how everything's been made. Uh, I mean, I would assume that everything is still brought off of, you know, their same, they use the same water and everything else. They ended up um, casking it and sending it off to another, you know, it could be somebody else's warehouse, but, you know, they'll store it. Mm-hmm. Um it will actually like it'll pull in flavors from the outside. There's ducks um, in here. What what is that now? That sounds like a cork. I'm actually going back to the airstone and smelling it just because I just took a drink of Spayburn and I think my sensibility likes airstone better than Spayburn and I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, that's oh, no, very that's, interesting. No, that's fine. I mean me there's a few reasons why I like the spay brand. One, market value price. I mean, when I've seen them on sale, it's been as low as $17 a bottle. And it is a absolutely fantastic scotch for that price. And, I mean, I I definitely put it up against the McAllen and Glen Levitt any day of the week. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's got great flavor, smell. I mean, everything. Uh, a wise man once told me, if you find... A bottle of single malt scotch, no matter what the brand, for under $25, you should buy it. Would it be anybody in this room? No. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is Dimple Pinch scotch? What what now? Dimple Pinch? No, you don't know what it is? I have no idea. Dimple Pinch. Yeah, I thought it came in like a almost sort of three-sided bottle and I thought that was scotch. That sounds like uh, Aaron Eckhart's brand, you know, with the dimple and the pinch <laughs> on the chin. Uh, Peter from Family Guy. <laughs> hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lois, I got a bottle of scotch in my chin. <laughs> hey, Brian, hey, Brian, let's see how many of these bottles we can drink. Uh, you fat bastard. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, all right. (laughs) Enough with the impressions. Holy crap. Well, I want to say I think they have a 15 or 16-year Spayburn also. And I want to say it's probably around like $50 or $60. So I definitely want to end up trying that next, but really impressed. I mean, they have the distiller's editions and everything else. And I don't want to ever say it's cheap. Because it's not. I mean, you can taste like yeah, I agree. The flavor I agree and everything that. else to it. Like they've made it inexpensive for you to purchase. That's the best way to put it. I mean, personally, like I think it's a great scotch. Well, that's how Jameson's got their name. Jameson's for years, they're you know advertising quote unquote advertising campaign was the best whiskey you can buy for under twenty dollars. No way. Yeah. Oh, really? yeah. Jameson, yeah. So, and now, of course, it's not 
it's not under 20 anymore. It's always, you know, 24 or 26, something like that. Well, yeah. Well, and then they have all these different. Oh, geez. Oh, God oh, damn it. Oh, hit the mic. Oh, oh, we even got the ones with the boom. So you wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but even Jameson has so many different versions now, too, with years and how, how it's made. They, they have different years, and now they're doing these cask mate things where yeah. they where they let the uh, whiskey age in beer uh, casks, uh, which is, you know, that's cool. I mean, it's interesting. You know, it, it, I'm sure uh, true uh, scotch and whiskey aficionados are like, what the? F-? You know, like, it just uh, turn their nose up. Oh, yeah, like total blasphemy, you know, as far sure. as that goes. But, you know, for people who are adventurous and who want to, you know, try something new. I have had a couple of the cask mate ones and, and they're, they are good. They do, uh, provide, uh, some really interesting flavors. Um, but it really is kind of a, a bastard when you think about it, like a bastard of beer and, and whiskey and, but, you know, give it to Jameson's for kind of seeing what the markets are doing and saying, okay, well, people love IPAs, So let's put some friggin' whiskey in an IPA, cask try something new and see how that works out and well, uh there's a lot of scotches too that they end up putting in different madeira and port casks and sherry casks and sherries yep. and everything else and it just it keeps adding like like for me like i can keep tasting in layers and it's either going to be nose front of mouth back and out back of mouth you know you can feel it go down and through you can feel your lungs kind of light up a yeah, little right, bit right, right, right. like like every single scotch to me it it, it tastes different and it, it has a different little character to it and even with like the uh, the madeiras um even like the the uh, belvini caribbean casks um where they end up being aged out in rum barrels mm, that's um, interesting rum there's you can get different does it get like, sweet have you had one of those yeah you can definitely get like a lot of sweet vanillas and I mean that's actually uh, I believe it's the same exact company that the uh, Airstone is. It's uh, the, the Glenfiddich's, Belvini's. It's all the, the same company. It, they are different distilleries, but they are you know through one company. Hmm. Jack Sparrow approved. <laughs> <laughs> I have a guy at work who absolutely loves Belvini. Belvini this, Belvini that. I mean, just absolutely loves Belvini. Well, and again, it's what. It's what your taste is. Yeah. Now, oh yeah. No, I got it. I again, the the Spayburn for me um, is much uh, sweeter. There's there's a lot more going on. Like, it, it, and it's not even just like saying it's sweeter is is oversimplifying it. Like, there's a there's more complex flavors going on than there is with the uh, Airstone. Uh, that's just me. But, you know, everybody's got their own taste buds. How dare you? It's by the coast. It tastes like salt. <laughs> Dude, you, I, I'm not getting any salt out of that. I'm sorry. No, neither am I. That, that's am just, I. you know, I mean, if you like salt, salty compared to what? Like, you know, <laughs> d- give me something to compare it to. A flagpole. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> Lick this flagpole and now taste the Aerostone. It Holy tastes like shit, salt. that's salty. Wow, what the fuck, man? <laughs> oh, man. So, you know, just as a as a side note, we had, uh, we had thought about uh, this podcast and starting it out with talking about whiskey and maybe branching out to other topics, uh, but that didn't seem to happen today. 
we have managed to stay on the whiskey uh, for quite some time. Uh, so we'll keep rolling for a little while and see what happens. But you know what? The, the, this podcast is all about uh, a few good friends uh, getting together and having uh, a good uh, quality scotch or whiskey or bourbon or Irish whiskey or whatever we choose and talking about whatever comes into our head. So maybe the next one will be a little bit about whiskey and more about uh, CBD oil or some bullshit. <laughs> you know, we'll see. I have anxiety. I need CBD oil. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's, there's a whole that's a whole can of worms, man. We can oh, talk. We can talk boy. for multiple podcasts about that CBD uh, stuff because, uh, yeah, I just don't know what to make of it, really. Well, and there's I don't think there's any regulations on it. I mean, there's stuff that has. No THC stuff that does have THC. If you drive a truck and have a CDL, you could fail your DOT exam. Or some people say it helps with pain. Some people say it helps with anxiety. I don't know. You know, this well, is a, this is another avenue that I have known nothing about. Just like scotch, scotch is a whole new thing for me. CBD oil. Is brand well, no, new no, thing no. I, I see. You I know. beg to differ on that. I I don't think scotch is a new thing for you. You like scotch and you like whiskey, and you I think are uh, in it. Maybe not aficionado about it, but uh, you know what you like. I'm not educated on it, See, I guess. I guess that's what it and is. I, and I dare say that that's what a lot of people probably feel like when they see all the different brands. See, now we're back to we're back to the scotch. Well, it's overwhelming. Uh, so <laughs> it's, overwhelming. It's, it's overwhelming. Exactly. I mean, even up in here, up here in uh, New Hampshire, you know, depending on which fine uh, New Hampshire liquor and wine outlet you go to, uh, if you go to one of the smaller ones, uh, then, the then same. you have a more narrow selection, uh, of the different types of, uh, of sing- especially single malt. Yeah. Definitely find a test store. Yeah. The, so the, the test stores are the ones that are going to have like the random stuff that, you know, you're not going to see anywhere else. So what test stores are you talking about? Do you know? Uh, so I know Rochester is definitely one of them. I know, really? I know, I know that's the one where everybody ends up usually going. Really? Um, I didn't even they, see. Here we go. I've never even heard of a test. This store. is good information, right? Yeah. Here. So a lot of it is like that's when you'll end up having like the different kits and stuff like that, to where you'll end up having, you know, you'll have you know your scotch, but they'll have glasses or or whatever else with it. But it'll be like a a random off the wall like scotch that like. You know, you haven't seen it. It's just it's a marketing thing. Okay. And it's to see what does well, where it does well. And then they'll end up usually like providing it to other stores and stuff. See, I always thought naively that the the New Hampshire liquor stores that are like on the goddamn freeway that are the size of a football field. <laughs> like those are the ones that would probably have the best selection of different everything like no matter what you were into well, well most, most of them do I mean, or whatever um just for the variety and everything else of what they end up having um i mean they got that i think the new one that they're building up in tilton oh um, yeah I'm, I'm excited about that one because is it right over exit 20 uh what is what that's uh 93 north right yeah and then exit 20 is where tilton is there is and Tilton so, is right, the, yeah. you know there's a, a few grocery stores right there 
and sort of you a know, shopping mecca. But the nearest, yeah, yeah, right. But the nearest liquor store is in Franklin, which is way off the exit. You got to drive through Tilton all the way into Franklin. There's a lot of stoplights. Yeah, and it's ridiculous, right? So now they're finally building a, a New Hampshire uh, wine liquor outlet. Uh, right in front of the uh, market basket. You know, I always thought that in Hooksit, where they have the super liquor outlet right on the highway, mm-hmm. I'm surprised they don't have a drive-through like they do in, in, in Florida, te- in Texas, Texas, yeah. and Florida. Yeah, yeah. But South Carolina. you would think that in Hooksit, and in Manchester, and in Salem, in all those southern tiers where they're close to Massachusetts, that they would have all these fine scotches and all these different choices it blows my mind that shane tells me that there's test that rochester test stores rochester and yeah. rochester i'm sorry to say i <laughs> it's one of the armpits of new hampshire i'm sorry i'm just gonna say it it's, well, it's okay. one of the armpits of new hampshire okay you said it but but, but the store is phenomenal if, uh, that, that's great if you look i want to go if you look i'm up, gonna lock my goddamn car when i go there but i'm gonna go if you look up where cities in New Hampshire in 2020. The top of the list is ding 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 Rochester. <sighs> it is, and I only looked it up because I do comedy in Rochester every once in a while at a place, and I was just looking up information about the city in case I wanted to do some local humor. And right there, Rochester, number one. Number one for what now? Just being the worst city in New Hampshire in 2020. They don't so, watch the news. They're on it. So as, <laughs> so as somebody who does comedy, like, do you ever, like, talk to people and be like, hey, you know, I do comedy? So I have talked to a few people that are friends of mine. Like, you guys know I do comedy. And there's a couple guys at work that know I do comedy. And I started this just recently about the end of October, early November. So I wouldn't say I'm good. I would say that I'm just trying. I'm up on stage throwing stuff at the wall to see if it sticks. And I've gone from storytelling, telling a whole story that I thought was funny. You tell your buddies, oh my gosh, yeah, that's a great story. It's so funny. And then you go up on stage and people are just looking at you wide-eyed like... Oh, okay. There, yeah. Okay. It doesn't necessarily translate. It doesn't necessarily translate. Yeah. And yeah. now I have taken my storytelling, and now I'm doing like one-liners. And this is not my joke, but a one-liner is like, you know, what goes good with coronavirus, Lyme, Lyme disease. disease. Exactly. Right, right, right. So now I'm trying to do storytelling, going to one-liners, and then eventually trying to marry the two. Wow. wow. That's interesting. There's like a science to it, right? So my only question to that is, um, both of those have a problem with, like, your immune system. So, like, wouldn't that really not go well? (laughs) (laughs) Not in Rochester, it wouldn't go well. (laughs) He's he's too literal. You should not come to a comedy club. (laughs) I was just wondering, that's all. Don't Fuck With Cats. Have you seen that? No. So that's Netflix, and it's a documentary. And I was when I started watching it, I was actually questioning if it was real, because it was ridiculous. But what it was is this uh, this group of people online... 
<laughs> Fucking you hit shit. The, now you hit the microphone. Yes, I hit those things. <laughs> That's what it sounds like when you hit it, okay? Shane's the only yeah, one so much. far. Wait, before you get any further, yep. is this one of the Netflix shows where they try to frame Stephen Avery for a murder? Uh, no. Okay, no. just checking. No. This this is different, but it's kind of the same. Stephen uh, Yeah, Stephen Avery's innocent, by the way. He's innocent, 100%. Uh, <laughs> but anyway... I don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like you and Leonard Kenny, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so anyway, so this uh, Don't Fuck With Cats, that's the name of the show. Of course, they don't say fuck. They, it's, you know, F and the different symbols. Okay. Um, and it's these people uh, that they saw this online thing on Facebook or whatever of somebody killing kittens. What? Yeah, there's two kittens, and they put them in a one of those vacuum seal bags and sucked all the air out, and the kittens died. Okay, and somebody filmed it. This is real. It is real. Wow. So somebody filmed it. People and are the, screwed up. The, the person that did it filmed it. Okay, and posted it on social Whoa. media, and it got these people, these these people, that all excited, like holy shit, like we got to find this. This this asshole, you know, we got to make sure that he pays for what he did. So, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything because, Whoa. you know, anybody that has hasn't seen this show. I started watching. I was like, what am I even watching? Like, the title is really weird. Like, I think they didn't title it correctly. Uh, but what it ends up being is these people uh, that were concerned about the, the, the animals that were being abused Yep. Uh, ended up being kind of like detectives. And be, and they had the time and they were devoting all this time of their own, you know, out of their own schedules and, and trying to, to figure out how to help the situation. And it really went into places where I didn't think it would go. And it's really interesting. Like, if anybody is interested in that kind of thing. Now, I have to admit, I mean, they didn't show, you know, animals being abused, but they described exactly what happened. So if, you, if you're if you not good with that kind of thing, if you're wow. like, oh, you know, these poor animals and, you know, if that upsets you, then it might not be the kind of show for you. Uh, but if you can get past that and see what the end result is of that show, it's really uh, interesting show uh and it really also kind of uh uh punctuates the uh legitimacy of online information and people that are on social media and how law enforcement views those people and how they do or do not work together like that that was the message I took so out of that. Only okay. because okay. I'm very interested in this, but yeah. did they find out who did it? Oh yeah. Good. Well yeah, I, they mean, found have, out. I mean you have a digital signature anyway, if you post something online minus all these people trying to figure out who it is, all you have to do is see who the original poster is and don't they just digital fingerprint you all the way back to your computer? Uh, it wasn't that easy. This okay. Guy, this guy was pretty smart. Oh. He was pretty smart and uh he, but he he wanted to be caught, so he left enough for people to figure it out. Okay, so this brings me to one of my favorite TV shows ever, 
and I don't condone this whatsoever. Perfect strangers. <laughs> now we're really dating ourselves. Oh, oh boy. my gosh, oh, Balky. Oh boy. No, but we're talking about the cat. <laughs> Killing the cat thing. <laughs> my number two show ever is The Shield. Oh. Oh, the shield was. Jay knows the shield. Do you know? Do, have you watched the shield? I never Shane? watched the shield. Sh- Sh- Shane, you have to find the shield and watch it. From you will binge watch that the first episode to the last episode. So here's the New Hampshire tie-in because everybody <laughs> knows now that they've been listening to the podcast that we're New Hampshire guys. Yeah. The New Hampshire tie-in is Michael Chiklis when he was a kid used to vacation at Weir's Beach in Laconia. Right. So, he's, a, he's a New England guy, he's, so he's got that He's a New England guy. I think accent. he lived in Massachusetts, correct? Yeah, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. But anyway, getting back to... He says, God damn it. Like, God damn it, God Shane. damn it. God damn it. Shane was one of the characters, <laughs> not the guy in the room. Nah. Um, but when you talked about your Netflix special, oh, that's the first thing I, I thought agree. of. That's the connection. Was Dutch doing that thing to the cat. Mm-hmm. And... Although it was a 90s show, it was fantastic. And that is my number two. Number one, Breaking Bad. Yeah, I have to agree. The subject matter is awful. You know, meth, amphetamine is not a good thing whatsoever. But my God, Cranston, so good. You know how it's going to end. You know, you know. But that's like, that's the anti-hero. That's the the guy you want to keep going like you want to see him keep winning but it's like man he's doing some awful things somehow you want walter white to keep going even though he's turning into a fucking bastard yeah like oh yeah like even at the end when when he goes in and like you just you want him to succeed somehow like that is a that's a magic act right there like Figuring out how to take this character who begins good, who turns bad, but the audience still wants to root for him. That is incredible. Anybody who's watching uh, Better Call Saul, Better Call Saul is a freaking fantastic show because it's the same formula. It's the same. You know, this guy, this guy, you know, the main character is Saul, you know, and and. You see how he became who he is. Yes. So, but you're still rooting for him somehow. Like, you're still, you still want him to win, even though you know he ends up being a jack-off. Well, the whole thing of, it's all good man to, it's all good man. That was a, yeah, that, that was, was great. That yeah. was, like, Genius. The, the best, like, phenomenal, like lead into like all of it like tying it all in <laughs> it's ingenious and it was ingenious i mean yep. the the acting i mean i thought the acting was absolutely incredible and by the way freaking uh mike mike yes what, what what's the actor i don't name? know is that i don't know it oh god we got to find that out but the first time i saw him i'm like oh my gosh i remember from 70 shows yeah, you know, like a cop or a bad guy or whatever. And then he was in the Beverly Hills Cop. That's yeah, where that's yeah, where yeah. I really saw him is in Beverly Hills right. Cop. But that guy, I'm sure the name will pop into my head at some point. I can't think of it. But the the actor who plays Mike, he honestly, I think he that is one of the best characters I've ever seen on TV. 
seriously, dude, call me. I want to talk to you because like he, he like, yeah, well, duh, you know, like that guy, like, he, oh, my God, he is just the best. When he was in Beverly Hills Cop, he was one of the guys that, you know, was against uh, Axel Foley yes. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he was a but lot. in the tailpipe. Yeah, exactly. A lot younger then. But still <laughs> yeah. looked menacing. He probably had hair too. He still no, I don't think he did no, really. He uh, no. But he still looked menacing. Like he just has that mug. But now that yeah. he, now that he's older, that mug he can do more things with it. Like he yeah. he, he he can he can look totally disgusted <laughs> without yeah. even moving his Absolutely. face. Like he just he just has to like put pull his like upper lip up a little bit and all of a sudden he looks totally disgusted yeah like he is awesome that guy oh my god you looking it up because uh, it's gonna kill me now you looking up his name you looking up the guy's name shame no (laughs) no no no. (laughs) the guy that plays mike on uh on breaking breaking bad oh well i don't know what he's doing on his phone all right so I think we're going to wrap this up because it's been uh... <laughs> for anybody who's younger than us. That yeah. is Axel F. That's right. <laughs> Harold Faltermeyer yeah. from Beverly Hills Cop. Was it in Cop Beverly Hills Cop Two? Was that in it? Oh, the theme, yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think it was in Zootopia also. <laughs> oh, we've fallen so far. Oh, gee. The holler out to you would be Jonathan Banks. Thank that's, you that's very much. That plays Jonathan Banks is is Mike. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't Thank know that, you yeah. very much. Jonathan um, Banks. Jonathan Banks is... Jonathan Banks, you seriously, are... Seriously. Incredible. That role was custom made for you, buddy. In. Well, it's definitely one of those things where it's like it's so believable to where it's he's not playing a character; he's being himself, <laughs> yeah. and it's mm. it's just hands down every part of it's believable. It's yep. This is the way he is, old school and, tough guy. I mean, that's seriously. So it's uh, time to wrap it up, and I thank you all for joining us. Shane, you got anything uh, last uh, word? There it is. <laughs> the cap is on the bottle. The show <laughs> is over, folks. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.